it was a hard-fought battle against a now 62-win Boston Bruins team. Unfortunately, the Devils got gut-punched. But hey, Luke Hughes is now officially a New Jersey Devil. A lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. And the game was on ABC as well, if that makes it any better. So buckle up, everyone. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential BM member, Trey Matthews. Happy Easter to all those who celebrate. So what treat do I have for you? Well, I decided to do an emergency podcast episode because going into this matchup before the New Jersey Devils, they obviously had their work cut out for them against the Boston Bruins. I said it a couple episodes ago that the Boston Bruins, they are trying to chase history because after tonight's matchup, they have now tied the 1996 Detroit Red Wings and also the 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning for most wins in a single season with 62, and they have their eyes set on breaking that record, and they still have a few more games to do so. So we knew it was going to be a challenge, but hey, on the bright side, for the first time since 2003, the New Jersey Devils were playing on prime time ABC. So that was definitely a lot of nostalgia for some diehard Devils fans who have been riding with the team for years and years and years. But the main talking point throughout the entire Devils discourse was the New Jersey Devils signing Luke Hughes. Now, we saw this coming because Luke Hughes unfortunately lost to the now national champion Quinnipiac University in the Frozen Four. And we knew as soon as the University of Michigan Wolverine season concluded that Luke Hughes, more likely than not, was going to sign his entry-level contract and join the New Jersey Devils. Now, James Nichols was on this show about a week or two ago, and he said that the plan for Luke Hughes was that he was going to join the team. And lo and behold, he didn't dress in this game, but he was still added to the roster. He was a healthy scratch. So we're going to talk about Luke Hughes in this first segment. I'm going to answer some of your guys' questions in regard to his contract, and then I'm going to give you guys my thoughts. In segment two, I will recap the game, give you guys uh, basically my two-cent opinion as to what went wrong for the New Jersey Devils. I'll also talk about some of the lineup decisions that Lindy Ruff made once again because a lot of people were not happy when they realized that Mackenzie Blackwood was going to be the one in net for the New Jersey Devils. And like I do for every post-game recap, I'll compare the stats and give a letter grade. So let's start out with Luke Hughes the younger brother of Jack Hughes, now officially joined the New Jersey Devils. So courtesy of Devils PR, so as we knew, uh, Luke Hughes, as soon as he finished his sophomore season at the University of Michigan, he was going to make his way to New Jersey, or in this case, Boston. So he ranked second on Michigan for scoring this season after tallying 42 points, nine goals, 33 assists. Hughes' 42 points also ranked second for all NCAA blue liners during the 2022-2023 season. So for anyone who said that Luke Hughes probably isn't that good, boy, you are dead wrong. Of his many NCAA accolades, Hughes scored his first NCAA hat trick and added a fourth goal versus Penn State on January 28th, 2023. We talked about that on this show momentarily, and that was obviously a big showing for Luke Hughes. He also earned Big Ten all-first-team honors 
for his sophomore year campaign. He also earned his first All-American honors from the American Hockey Coaches Association yesterday after being named to the second team last season. In his freshman year, the 2021-2022 season, Hughes ranked third in scoring on the team with 39 points, 17 goals, 22 assists in 41 games played. His total ranked first for all NCAA defensemen in 2021-2022. And Hughes earned the Michigan school record for most goals and points scored by a freshman defenseman in a single season. Additionally, Luke Hughes also earned Big Ten all-freshman team and was the Big Ten co-freshman of the year. He also helped the Wolverines win consecutive Big Ten tournament titles and also clinch another spot in the NCAA tournament. On March 24th, Hughes inked a 5.9, one goal, four assists in Michigan's first round contest versus Colgate at the NCAA tournament. And it's also worth mentioning that he represented the United States on the international stage. The defenseman earned a silver medal at the U-17 World Hockey Challenge in 2020 and skated for Team USA at the World Junior in 2022 and 2023. He led the USA defenseman with six points, one goal, five assists at the 2022 World Juniors. Team USA named Hughes team captain for the 2023 tournament, where he led all defensemen in the tournament with four goals and captained USA to a bronze medal. He also played for Team USA at the 2022 World Championship. So for anyone who said that Luke Hughes wasn't good or isn't good and that Devils fans are going to have to accept that, Boy, were you wrong once again. So it was really one person on Twitter who tweeted that, and that sparked so much controversy. So you got the background knowledge for Luke Hughes. He's definitely an offensive-minded defenseman, but at the same time, his defense can be developed. So when the Devils initially drafted him back in 2021 with the fourth overall selection, one of the main issues that they had with Luke Hughes is that he tends to get a little too jumpy on the defensive side of things, but Due to his great offense, sometimes it could cancel it out. So I'd rather have a player who's too jumpy versus a player who's too lazy. So what are my thoughts on Luke Hughes signing his entry-level contract? So a lot of people have been asking me, so since he signed it this year, will this count as year one of his entry-level contract? So I asked some of my colleagues whether it was at Pucks and Pitchforks, Locked On, and I basically said, like, hey, is this true? Is this what the matter is? And they all confirmed with me that according to the CBA, since Luke Hughes did in fact sign his entry-level contract at this very moment, this will count towards his first year of his three-year entry-level contract. So I guess the mindset for the New Jersey Devils is that they can kind of like shorten up the process, shorten up the leash just a little bit, so that way they can start working out a deal with them sooner rather than later. Now, Here's my overall mindset. It's not that I don't want Luke Hughes. I love Luke Hughes, and he is definitely going to be a big asset on the team. But I knew he wasn't going to play against the Boston Bruins because there's no way they're going to throw him into the pack of wolves because, like I just said, the, the Boston Bruins are one of the best teams in NHL history, at least in the regular season. So, And their wins really confirms that. So I knew there was no way in hell that Lindy Ruff was going to – suit Luke Hughes up in this matchup but another problem that I have is that where do you slide him in so I know that Lindy Ruff has been talking about like resting certain players so in this game Eric Holla unfortunately was the person who was the healthy scratch we'll talk more about that in segment two so like where's Luke Hughes gonna slide in because Dougie Hamilton you can't scratch him obviously because Dougie Hamilton similar to Jack Hughes 
is trying to make history. So he's trying to tie Barry Beck's all-time goals defenseman record. So Dougie Hamilton is not really an option. Yoda Siegenthaler has already been a scratch as of late. Ryan Graves, he leads the team in your defensive point shares. And obviously Ryan Graves, he might fall victim to it, but at the same time, He's still, you know, he's still really good. And then Kevin Ball, he's been balling. Damon Severson, even though a lot of people aren't acknowledging it, Damon Severson's been having a pretty good year. John Marino, same way. So it's just like, it's not that I don't think uh, Luke Hughes is going to get his opportunity. It's just like, he's only going to have like a game or two to like prove what he can do. And I just feel like that's a little unfair for him and his development, because let's face it, come playoff time, I don't expect for him to play. Now, Here's the thing. The roster can expand. So obviously the Devils are going to add more people to the roster. But the reality of it is it still doesn't change the fact that the Devils can only dress 20 players. So that's 18 skaters plus two goalies. So I just don't think Luke Hughes is going to get any reps come playoff time. And he's only going to have like a game or two to showcase what he can do. And lo and behold, you've already used up year one of his three-year entry-level contract. So my, that's my overall thing, which is like I, I I get what I guess they're trying to do from a logistics standpoint in terms of maybe just trying to extend him a little longer. But my thing is like I just think it's unfair for his development. I think it's a little unnecessary. And we don't, we're at a stage where we don't need Luke Hughes right now. But I'm, I just want people to know, and please do not take this out of context, I love Luke Hughes. I'm a big fan of him, but I just don't I, I just don't see what the Devils are doing signing him to his entry level contract at this very moment. Because I just think we're just robbing him of his development. We're robbing him of just him taking his time trying to get adjusted into the NHL. And the, like I said, the Devils have already clinched a playoff spot at this point. They're just trying to see if they could get the top seed in the Metropolitan Division. And they already have a lot of good defensemen in front of them who are showcasing their skill. And this is something we're going to talk about during the course of the offseason, which is which one of those defensemen that I just listed, who's going to be given the boot? Because unfortunately, a business decision is going to be have to be made because right behind Luke Hughes is Shimon Nemetz. And that's something you also have to factor in. So I'm glad that Luke Hughes is here. I'm excited. And obviously, it's a big night in the Hughes household because they got two brothers on the same team. And obviously, Quinn Hughes is up in Vancouver's and maybe he'll come make his way to New Jersey at some point in the future. But I'm glad that the devil's got Luke Hughes and it's definitely going to be an exciting time in Newark. And uh, Luke Hughes is definitely going to provide a lot on the offensive side of things. And uh, I'm, I'm excited because we've seen him dominate at the university of Michigan. We've seen him dominate on an international stage. So my thing is like, don't rush the process. Like Luke Hughes is still going to be here for another few years, but Anyway, that's my two-cent opinion. So Luke Hughes signed his three-year entry-level contract. He is a New Jersey Devil, and whether he plays against the Sabres or the Capitals, we'll see, but maybe he could play in both games. But um, the one thing I said in a few episodes ago, I'm not opposed to the 11-7 to lineup combination. Just depends who's out there. And honestly, I'm okay if, if Lindy Ruff decides to put in an extra defenseman so that way Luke Hughes can get some reps. So may, maybe make just for Boquist or – Someone else's scratch, maybe Eric Hollis scratch again. I don't know. But yeah, the 11 to 7 line combinations in order to try to get Luke Hughes a couple of reps at the NHL level, I'm down for that. Okay, so let's talk about this gut punching game for the New Jersey Devils because thanks to Pavel Zaka, I thought this game was going to be put to bed early because against one of the best teams 
uh, in the regular season, you let them score two goals fairly quickly, and both of them come at the hands of Pavel Zaka, the former New Jersey Devil. So I was just like, oh, this is going to be an early night. Vitek Vanacek is going to have to make it make a, a grand entrance at some point during the course of the game. Mackenzie Blackwood is out there. So a lot of people were wondering, why was Mackenzie Blackwood out there in the first place? Well, Lindy Ruff explained it while he was being interviewed on the sideline during the course of the game. He said it was just to give him a rep. He said that it was on their schedule, whatever the case might be. Now, I want people to just know this. Like I said in segment one, the roster will expand for the New Jersey Devils. So I do anticipate that Akira Schmidt will be brought back up to the roster come playoff time just so that they have another backup goalie to go to in case someone gets hurt. But it still doesn't change the fact that the New Jersey Devils can only dress 20 people. So once again, that's 18 skaters plus two goalies. At some point, at one point or another, Mackenzie Blackwood will be playing during the course of the playoffs. And look, dude, am I the biggest fan of putting him out there against the Boston Bruins, especially since the New Jersey Devils could have potentially uh, reclaimed first position in the Metropolitan Division? No, but at the same time, I get where Lindy Ruff is coming from, which is you do got to give Mackenzie Blackwood a rep here and there. And I guess this is a good challenge for him because as he settled into the game, he was looking like Martin Brodeur out there, quite honestly, on ABC because he would he robbed Pasternak up point blank range at one point. He was making great A save after great A save after great A save. He faced like what 23 shots on goal in, in period number one. So it works two ways, guys. Yes, you could be mad that Mackenzie Blackwood, I, I would blame one or one, not both of those goals on him, and I'll explain that momentarily. But still, like the Devils cannot be allowing the Boston Bruins to get like 22 or 23 shots on goal. That that's a recipe for disaster. So that's my that's my thing, which is Mackenzie Blackwood is going to have to suit up sooner or later during the course of the playoffs. You are going to see him in the playoffs, whether you like it or not, because let's face it, Vitek Vancek, he can't play in all of those playoff games. It, that's not a recipe for success. So I know a lot of you complain about Mackenzie Blackwood a lot, but the reality of it is this, guys. I don't think Akira Schmidt is going to be the backup goalie come playoff time. I think they're still going to rely on the veteran Mackenzie Blackwood. Now, Here's one thing I don't agree for Lindy Ruff doing. Eric Halla should have been playing in this game because Eric Halla is one of the best defensive forwards on this roster for the New Jersey Devils. So when looking at his defensive point shares, Eric Halla ranks 12th with a defensive point share of 1.8. Right ahead of him is Brendan Smith with 1.9. Right behind him is Kevin Ball with 1.5. So I think Eric Halla's defense, and not to mention that in his past six games, Eric Halla has scored four goals. So when you're going against the best of the best, especially the Boston Bruins, who are trying to get that record for most wins in a single season, then you really need to bring out your A team. So I think Eric Halla should have gotten the start. And, and I get that he's trying to give everyone a, a rep. And I get that he's just trying to get everyone ready for the playoffs. And by he, I mean Lindy Ruff. But at the same time, I just think for I, I, why couldn't you have just done this against the Buffalo Sabres or the Washington Capitals? You still have a couple games to play with. So why why just uh, Eric Hollis should have started in this game, quite honestly. He's on a hot streak. He does well defensively. And I think uh, his defense, even though the De Devils defense was got better as the game progressed, I still think Eric Hollis could have made some sort of a difference out there. But um, when looking at the goals that the Devils did let up at the hands of Pavel Zaka, because all the goals came in, 
period number one. Neither team scored in period number two or period number three. So um, for Pavel Zaka, that first goal that was let up, I know a lot of people were pissed off because it was just like a minute or two into the game and Mackenzie Blackwood already let one go past them. But here's the thing. The Devils went on the penalty kill because Ryan Graves unfortunately got a penalty so that they were on the disadvantage and – Obviously, uh, when looking at the replay, Pavel Zaka set a screen in front of Mackenzie Blackwood. So Mackenzie Blackwood's eyesight was unfortunately just faced with uh, uh, Zaka's jersey. So I don't really blame that goal on Mackenzie Blackwood all that much. However, that second goal, he completely got fooled. Like he, he spun around. It was bad rebound control, whatever the case might be. But yeah, that second goal, that I'm sure Mackenzie Blackwood would have liked to have that one back. But the one thing that I respect for the New Jersey Devils, they were able to respond once again because Jesper Bratt, like a minute or so after Zaka got his second goal, was able to cut the lead in half thanks to a great assist by Jack Hughes, which, by the way, after tonight's matchup, Jack Hughes has now tied Patrick Eliash for most points in a single season by a New Jersey Devils player. They both have 96 points, and with two games remaining, I'm sure Jack Hughes has his eyes set on that record. I'll talk about that momentarily. But like I said, I like that the New Jersey Devils were able to cut the lead in half. But according to the ABC broadcast, during the course of the season, the Boston Bruins have only lost a game in regulation once when they go up one to nothing. So the key for the Devils, and it's something I've touched on, is something that Ryan Novozinski has touched on, what is yet you need to get off to a good start, especially against these good teams. Because P.K. Subban said it during the course of the telecast. He said, Devils know what it takes to beat the best in the league. A better start, and they were right there tonight. I would agree with them wholeheartedly. Devils, you need to get off to a good start because Pavel Zaka was on hat trick watch when there was like 54 minutes remaining in the game, just to give you some reference. So, yeah, the Devils need to get off to a better start because – those teams like the Boston Bruins, they're not going to give you an inch of breathing room because there are a few other opportunities in which the New Jersey Devils could have tied the game. So one of the opportunities that comes to mind is that Jack Hughes, he had a chance to get a goal. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to get it past Olmark. So he had one or two opportunities, and, and unfortunately, he wasn't able to nudge it on in. Then Sharon Goich came trailing on in trying to get it himself, but he wasn't able to do it in that sort of way. And then Charlie McAvoy, he was assessed a double minor against Diego Sharon Govich for high sticking and Sharon Govich was bleeding a little bit. So there you go. You're on the man advantage for four minutes. I get that the Boston Bruins, they're the top penalty kill team in the entire league, but still there's your opportunity right there. But unfortunately the New Jersey Devils, they just had no room to go. They were just completely suppressed. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much that. That was pretty much uh, the Achilles heel for them, which was the Boston Bruins, despite the devils just coming full fledged attack out on them, they were, they just knew how to suppress them. They knew how to cut off their breathing lanes. And then I think a good example would be when the devils pulled Mackenzie Blackwood to get the extra attacker. You just saw that the, even though that the boss Bruins were able to get the empty netter, they were playing excellent defense on New Jersey devils. They couldn't get a good look to save their lives. So this game was disappointing and it's definitely a, a gut punch, but at the end of the day, it was still a hard fought battle. And, yeah, the Devils let up two goals early, but at least they were able to cut the lead in half, and at least they didn't get shut out. Now, going to uh, Jack Hughes' record for most points in a single season by a Devils player, tied with Patrick Eliash. Now, I said it in a recent episode. I said, can Jack Hughes get one point against the Boston Bruins? Because I said that was going to be a tough battle. Because I think Jack Hughes, realistically, 
he can reach 100 points. He can reach that coveted title. All he has to do is have one more big game. So I think he can either get it against the Sabres or the Capitals. Remember, he was able to get a hat trick against the Capitals earlier this year. A fan brought that to my attention, and I completely forgot about that. That is absolutely correct. So, But at the same time, I think it's better to be safe than sorry. So I still believe that Jack Hughes' best bet is to get it against the Sabres. But then again, the Sabres were the ones who beat the Carolina Hurricanes uh, tonight at the time of this recording. And they also were able to beat the Devils in their last matchup in pretty embarrassing fashion. So definitely a coin flip. But I think the best bet for Jack Hughes is to go Super Saiyan, be selfish, and just try to rack up the points on the Buffalo Sabres in the next matchup. So my overall thoughts for the game for the Devils, it was a good hard-fought battle. Unfortunately, the Boston Bruins, they're one hell of a team, and you just got to tip your cap to them. And they came out with a purpose, and now, once again, they've tied the 1996 Detroit Red Wings and the 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning team for most wins in a single season at 62. So like I do with every post-game recap, I'm going to give the Devils a letter grade and then compare the stats. But before I do, when speaking about business, when you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could handpick the best stars for your business team? If you're building your talent roster, you need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you could do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like matching, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. So if you like fantasy sports and if you like making money, if you like growing your business, that's what Indeed sort of is. So get onto Indeed right now because Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applicants that match your must-have job requirements. So visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring right now. Once again, that is Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application, pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire, you need Indeed. Now, speaking of money, why don't you guys head over to FanDuel to make some extra cash? So the NBA playoffs are almost here, go Lakers. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Also, don't forget to bet on some NHL games as the playoffs are right around the corner. Visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. As always, please remember to gamble responsibly. Okay, so let's compare the stats, and then I will give the Devils a letter grade. So shots on goal, 40-30 to 30 in favor of the Bruins. So I, I have the stats up right now as we speak. So the Bruins did get 22 shots in period number one compared to the Devils' 10. But the Devils, as the game progressed, were able to limit the amount of shots that Mackenzie Blackwood would face. So in period number two, the Boston Bruins uh, were able to get 10 shots on Mackenzie Blackwood. Then in period number three, they only got eight. So the Devils were able to just cut the margin just a little bit. Faceoff percentage, 56% to 44% in favor of the Bruins. Power play, Devils were 0 for 3. Bruins were 1 for 1. 
Hits 32 to 31 in favor of the Devils. Blocks 16 to 8 in favor of the Devils. Giveaways. Devils led that department 17 to 9. Can I also say, I know why Brad Marchand is nicknamed the Rat. So that hit on Michael McLeod in period number three. How did that not get called a penalty? I'm, I'm really curious. So, but even then, the Devils in their previous few power play opportunities, they didn't really do anything. So I don't know if it would have made that much of a difference, but still, it's a matter of principle. So, Marshawn, I, I get why you're nicknamed the rat. That was, yeah, whatever. So I'm not going to go on a tangent right there. But if I had to give the Devils a letter grade, I can't give them an A since they didn't come away with the win. However, I can give them a B plus because it was a bad first few minutes. Thanks to Ryan Graves getting the penalty. And then Pavel Zaka set the screen in front of Mackenzie Blackwood, thus able to redirect it on in. And then uh, the second goal that the Devils led up, that was, entirely or mostly on Mackenzie Blackwood. So can't make an excuse there. He got fooled completely, but Mackenzie Blackwood started to ease into it. And same with the Devils. They uh, were able to get back to their brand of hockey. They were able to answer on back, cut the lead in half, and they played hard, unfortunately, against a top-notch team like the Bruins. It's like I said in previous episodes, they're not going to give you many opportunities to try to uh, find the back of the net and score. So B-plus for Devils, great effort, great uh, production, and it was so refreshing to see the Devils on ABC. And uh, the last time they were on ABC, once again, was back in 2003, I believe, for the Stanley Cup Finals when they were playing the Anaheim Ducks. So I was only a kid at the time, so I don't really remember it all that well. But as for today's episode, guys, let me know what you think. So leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. Hit me up on my personal Twitter page, at TreyMat4, if you're listening on a podcast streaming service. And like I do to close out every show, continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. And just a heads up, there will be a special guest on Monday. In fact, there's going to be two of them. And one of them used to play in the MLB. So uh, no, no, no hints other than that. So I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.